Now let's dive into this message. Last one on the story of Jonah, okay? So how many of you have actually appreciated going through, wait, before I I actually want to ask you this question because somebody told me this before in the first service. They said, thank you so much for doing this, this, and this is a longtime Christian, and they said, thank you so much for doing the story. She goes, I didn't know the story of Jonah. How many of you would say, I didn't really know the story of Jonah, Okay? Yeah, most of us were like, I know he got like swallowed by this whale and spit up, but I know that it's on my kid's nursery wall. <laughs> Why you put something on there that spit up a dude? I don't know. Well, actually, that makes sense, right? A lot of spit up going on in that room. But I'm so grateful for the chance for the story. As we conclude today, let me remind you of something. This is super important. This is so about how you should dive into the Bible every day for yourself, okay? God's not even so interested that you learn about Jonah, okay? But God loves to speak to us through other people's stories, okay? So it's not so important that you learn all this stuff about Jonah. What's important is that God's word is living and active, and he's gonna speak to you today, specifically through this living word in the story of Jonah. And I just wanna remind us, I'm gonna pray for us right now, that as I'm speaking, you're going to have thoughts, and then you're going to have thoughts. I believe with all of my heart, he loves you, every one of you in this room, he loves you so much that he's going to speak to you today. And Jesus said, you live on every word that comes from the mouth of God, okay? So when that voice comes, when that thought comes out of nowhere, that's God speaking to you. And if you'll take what you hear from him today, and cling to it, and walk out of here by doing it, you're going to live, all right? So let's pray that that happens. Lord, thank you for your presence in this room. I'm claiming it because you promised it. We are not just a bunch of humans gathering together here today. We are a bunch of creations of God, and you tell us that you're here. And so, Lord, I want to thank you for every person that you've wooed to this place for this service. And out of your great love for them, I'm going to ask that you would prepare our hearts. Would you enlighten the eyes of our heart so that we can know you better? God, reveal the reality. Test our hearts even today. Reveal the reality that's going on in our own hearts and our own minds. And then show us who you are. And then equip us, God, today. Equip us today to live with you because that's our life. And I'm just going to ask you for that grace and that mercy and the anointing right now of the Holy Spirit on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So if you guys have been following us, um, this is the, uh, we've been going through Jonah chapters 1 through 3. There are four chapters in the book. If you haven't, by the way, if you haven't listened to these messages anytime, go to our website, Facebook Live, uh, iTunes, get our podcast, lots of ways to, to listen to these. But here's what's crazy, right? So real quick, so God tells Jonah, he goes, hey, you're my prophet, and I want you to go give this message to these Ninevites, and Jonah's like, I already no way in literally hell I'm gonna do that. And so he abandons and says, I renounce you, God, I'm not following you, I'd rather die. He goes, throw me in the sea, I'm done. He goes into the sea, God goes, Jonah, you ain't going nowhere. He comes in, rescues him with mercy and grace, spits him back out of the land, says, now let me tell you, I want you to go to the Ninevites. Jonah's like, all right, I'll go. 
So he goes, he gives this message and tells them that God is going to smite them, right? Unless they change. And then the whole city, guys, 120,000 people in a city repent of their sins and turn to God. Isn't that awesome? Okay, now here's what's crazy. If I was writing the story, I think it would just end right there, right? Great story, way to go, God. And you expect Jonah at the end, because I can tell you this right now. If I give a message here and every one of you responds, sweet, right? I am like, I am going home and I'm feeling good. So you kind of imagine Jonah 3 at the end of the chapter, Jonah skipping home and going, man, I am, what a prophet of God I am. Look at the glory of what happened, okay? So here's what actually happened, because there's one more chapter. In chapter four, verse one, it says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. He gives a message from God, and a whole city turns to God. And to Jonah, this is really wrong. And he becomes angry. And then verse three, Lord, take away my life for it is better for me to die than to live. Wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Did we just have this great moment? So what are we talking about here? Today's title for the message is When I Blame God for My Issues, okay? So Jonah's got a couple issues here, right? What are his external issues? His external issues are anger and depression. He's super angry, and he's got depression that's led to despair, to despondency, to the point where he's like, I don't even want to live. Those are his external issues. Now, as I was thinking about this, when it comes to anger, because most of you probably heard this, anger is a secondhand emotion. It's like a, there's some, it's, anger is not the, the core. There's something else that really hits you. So I was actually talking this through with my wife. So she doesn't ag- totally agree with me on this, all right? So if you don't agree with me, cool. You're with Susie, which is probably a better place to be anyway, all right? But... Um, But as I thought through and I asked her, tell me all the different things that make you angry. And and as she started listing them off, as I was thinking about them this week, I think at the core of any anger that we feel, it's because something isn't right. Either somebody did something not right to me, which makes me really angry, or I haven't done something right, which now I'm angry at myself, or there's just an injustice that we see in the world, and again, that means it's not right. So we have this expectation that things are gonna be right. And when our expectations don't get met, it causes us to be really angry when things aren't right. And so I was thinking about this on a very low scale. I have, I don't know why, I'm learning, but I, I usually have super high expectations of our vacations, because I usually plan them out. And if you, I'm gonna tell you right now, my guess is if you plan your vacations, because you know, how many vacations do you get a year? Man, this is it, and you plan it out, and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> and my kids are gonna love it. And years ago, my kids are super little, um, and we got this invitation to actually go to this beautiful condo um, in the resort towns of Colorado. And I just, I remember just sitting there, and again, being a, I, literally, the town I grew up in, we were just a small town, blue collar, everybody worked in a car factory. So we never had money. I, we, I don't even remember vacations. I think we went camping, maybe. That was about it. 
And I'm like, I can't believe this. I get to take my kids to this beautiful condo and we're gonna have this awesome pool and we're gonna have all these hikes and there's all these other games that the resort provides. And I wanna tell you, this is gonna be the best vacation. I'm gonna be like super dad. My kids are gonna think I rock and they're gonna love me. And every day, no matter what we did, they complained. And I remember I just sat there and go, are you kidding me? And then finally at the end, we had this one last thing that we were going to do, and I was so excited about it. And they were, oh, do we really have to do this? And I just went, what? And I just exploded, and I yelled, and I screamed. I'm telling you right now, if there, if there would have been monitors watching that, and it became public, I probably wouldn't be on the stage today. <laughs> but it was crazy to me how when something didn't go my way, anger comes in. Now, here's what, and sometimes in other situations, when that happens to me, then what do I do? You, then we throw self-pity parties, don't we? And some of us, I've done this before, where it's like, you just walk out and you, I just can't believe, you know? And I start having a pity party that my kids don't think I'm a great dad. And woe is me. Now, in deeper situations, that self-pity, if you sit in that for a while, when things don't go your way, it does lead to depression. And then depression can actually lead to despondency, which can lead to despair, and then you can actually get to the place that Jonah got. It is better for me to die. So, my guess is some of you in this room might be a little angry. Some of you might be super frustrated, feeling some depression. And and by the way, depression is such a huge topic. I'm hitting one piece of this, okay? I, I'm not even gonna, I can't touch everything about that. But we're just going to look at Jonah and his story here today, okay? His external issues were anger and depression. But what was his internal issue? His internal issue was things aren't going my way. It's not right. But here's what's interesting. For Jonah, it wasn't his kids, and it wasn't even the Ninevites. It was God. God, you're not right. And there's two things in here. At the beginning of the story, God was asking him to do things, and Jonah was like, God, you're not right. That's not a right request. So he runs away from him. So sometimes God asks us to do things, and they don't seem right, And then sometimes God just does something and it doesn't seem right, okay? Now, think about this. Other people's unrighteousness can totally cause us to spiral. It does. Every one of us in this room has gotten angry and and, and it's led to bitterness and to depression and our emotions are tanking. We're spiraling down because of another person who's messed up being unrighteous. Think about this. But what if it's God? What if God's not right? Then who do you trust? Then where do do you lay your foundation? And that's where we need to go today, you guys. Because some of us in this room, your anger is actually at God. And you don't think he's right. And if he's right, then the very thing that holds the universe together is not trustworthy. 
And now we start to spiral down. So here's where I want to take us today. Your, listen to this, your way, because that's our issue, things aren't going my way. Your way, when it's in conflict with God's way, I'm going to tell you there is a way. There is a way. So if you're in conflict with God and you're struggling today, through this Jonah story, we're going to find that there actually can be peace instead of anger, and there actually can be hope instead of despair. Okay? And that's what Jonah's telling us. So let's dive in. Here we go. In this story, there's, there's a specific issue with Jonah, and I'm going to go over that one first. And then there's a general issue. The specific issue is some of, it, it, some of you, it's your issue. And so we'll touch on that. But as I was studying this, I realized some of us have the specific one, some of us don't. But in the Jonah story, there's a more general issue that all of us actually deal with, and we'll touch on that second. All right? Here's the first one. Things are not going my way with others. And for some of you, that's your issue, just like Jonah. Things are not going my way with others. And Jonah's issue here was mercy. He was having a really hard time with mercy, okay? Chapter four, verse two. It says, he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord? <laughs> when I was still at home, that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish, okay? So right here, we finally understand why when God first asked Jonah to do something at the beginning, why did Jonah actually flee? It's not because he was afraid of the Ninevites. Because isn't this it, God? I knew it. Look at him. I knew it. I knew that you're a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. You're a God who relents from sending calamity. So God, so Jonah was having this huge issue with other people. He's having an issue with people. And he's like, and I knew it, God, when I was sitting home and you came and you asked me, come and I knew it. You were actually gonna be merciful to these people, the Ninevites. Now you guys gotta remember, who are these Ninevites? One more time. They were the enemy of the Israelites. So Jonah's an Israelite. He's going, God, where are your chosen people? Where are the people you love and you're supposed to care for us and protect us and watch over us? The Ninevites are our enemy. Do you remember this, God? They rape your women. They pillage us. They torture us. They kill us. They destroy us. My own friends, I've watched them die. These are not good People, they are wrong. And the only thing that's right in Jonah's eyes is that God should smite them down for everything that they've done. Destroy the Ninevites. And God goes, I'm actually gonna give them mercy. Wow. But seriously, that's where Jonah's going then I am so angry. I'd just rather die. I want to tell you, here's what, here's what Jonah's issue is. Jonah hates the fact that God loves who he hates. Jonah hates that God loves who he hates. So now here's your question. Who are your Ninevites? Who are your Ninevites? Who are those people? 
Because as soon as you say those people, just with that phrase, you've immediately distanced yourself from them, right? They're different than you. And, and I, I want to tell you, anybody, any of us, all of us, if you use social media at all today, if you go to a news website or watch news at all, I can tell you this right now, you are being encouraged to demonize and to mock other groups and despise them. Amen? Okay. It is just true. You cannot go into the very air that we breathe in our culture without someone saying, those people, those Democrats, those liberals. And then you flip the channel, those Republicans, those conservatives. Those people. And then we get to religion and we go, oh, those, those Muslims, the Islam religion, those Mormons. Let's bring it home. The illegal, the illegal immigrants, those people. And then we get to race. And we see those blacks, those Hispanics, those privileged whites, those people. While we're in here, the gay pride is happening downtown. Those people. So you know, all of us in those room, in this room, have those people just like Jonah did. Now, if it's not those people, then it's that person. Now let's get super, not just generalities, that person. Every one of you in this room has been deeply hurt by a person. Unless you have isolated yourself, you cannot live in community without being deeply hurt. And unfortunately, many of you in this room have been abused. We would, you'd take it a step level more, and it's, and it's been abusive. And you have that person. And it hurts. Or, it's, if it wasn't that intense, it's like, but that person, they just keep making stupid decisions. They keep messing everything up. That person. Now, here's the question that I have for you. If when you think about those people or that person, what is the posture of your heart towards them? When you think of them, what's the posture of your heart towards them? So here's, I, I did this first service. I'm gonna do it again, this service. I want you to stop before I, before I keep going. I think this is really important. So this, is, this isn't just a bunch of information. Oh, nice, nice message, pastor, and leave. I want you to stop for a second. And I'm gonna give you about 30 seconds to just be quiet. And I want you to be super honest with yourself. Who, what group of people do you look at with a negative posture and you call them those people? Or what person is it? that you're holding something against. And then I want you to have a, just a quick, I'm only gonna be 30 seconds, I want you to confess the reality of your heart to God towards those people or that person, okay? Take about 30 seconds, close your eyes if you need to, do whatever you need to, and just make sure you get these people into your heart and into your mind.
All right, so when Jonah was dealing with the Ninevites, and he said, God, this makes me so angry. And then he says, it'd be better for me to die than to live. Here's what, here's what God said. The Lord replied to him, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? You know what's interesting in this? Is Jonah doesn't answer the question. <laughs> Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now here's the question though. In studying this, when something's right, it actually works, right? It's actually good. It, it, man, this thing is, it's a, it's, something's right, it's actually productive and it's effective and it works for you, it's good. In studying this, the Hebrew word here literally means that. So when God is saying, hey, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? What he's actually saying to Jonah is, Jonah, oh, I really broke this thing. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. All right. I won't do that again. Uh, what he's actually saying to Jonah is, Jonah, is it good for you to be angry? Is it good for you to be angry? Well, what's the answer? No. No, Jonah, it's not good for you. It's destroying you. you are, you're angry at me because I'm merciful towards these people, and it's actually causing you despair and just depression to the point you don't even want your life. So what is he saying? So Jonah... Apparently your way, because you want your way, but apparently your way is not the right way. Is it really good for you to feel this way? So right now for you, is it really good for you to hold this anger towards a group of people? Or, no, it's not. See, the problem is we forget what Jonah forgot. See, Jonah actually thought that mercy should only come to those who deserve it. He's looking at the, at the Ninevites and going, God, how can you have mercy on them? They don't deserve your mercy. They deserve your wrath. And Jonah completely forgot his own story. Do you remember his story? God comes to Jonah and says, hey, Jonah, you're my prophet. This is what I want, what I want you to do. And instead, Jonah completely renounces God. God, I'm not following you. I don't want to do anything with you. I'm out. Now, the proper thing, it would seem... For God to do, if Jonah wants to renounce God, then the proper thing would be for God to renounce Jonah. Fine, if you want to run away from me, that's what you deserve, then you can't have me. But what does he do instead? He shows him mercy. And he comes down when Jonah's trying to get away and he goes, I love you too much, I'm not gonna let you go. And he swallows him up in the well to save his life. And Jonah forgot that, apparently or somehow he just thought, God, thanks for your mercy. I deserve it. Nobody else deserves it. No, you don't deserve it. Who deserves the mercy of God? And I want to tell you, we forget the same thing, you and me. All of us are sinners. We've all hurt other people. We've all been hurt. We've heard all that kind of stuff. We've gone through all of this. And most of us have a past. Like, I just think, I've said this so many times, my life is nothing but one big pile of mercy. There is nothing that I ever did to deserve God's mercy and being up here in front of you today. And either did you, except for some of you, right? You, you received Christ when you were like four and you've been a good little person your whole life. God bless you. But even you were a snotty little four-year-old and you still cause havoc in your home. Nobody gets away from this. Now I want to tell you this. This is super important. Because Jonah missed 
the fact that he was shown mercy. He demanded that God's judgment be towards other people, but not himself. Now, what's interesting, when he says you're gracious and compassionate and slow to anger, that's a mantra in the Old Testament, guys, that people use so many times. But it first happened in Exodus chapter 34 when the presence of God passed by Moses. Now, Moses didn't get to see his face, but the, and as God passed by Moses, it says this, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. I think this is really interesting in this story that Jonah left out the whole phrase. All he said is, God, I knew it! I knew that you were loving and forgiving and compassionate. He forgot that, I know, but Jonah, don't forget this too. I don't leave the guilty unpunished. Can I just tell you something? This is super important for us to understand about God. God will never say that sin is okay. Ever. He will never Go along with anything that's unrighteous, that's not his way. He is holy, 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 and he will punish sin. He has to because he's a just God. But here's the difference. But he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. See, when somebody hurts us, we want them to be punished. <laughs> When this group of people isn't like us and they're causing havoc in our culture and our society and they're not doing the things we, we want punishment. And God's going, I'm the only one who actually can give the punishment, but I don't want to punish. See, this, you guys, is the cross of Christ. The beautiful thing of God is on the cross of Christ. He says, all of your sin will be punished in Christ. Thank you, there's the mercy of God and the justice of God at the same time. And he brings them together. And see, once you've received that mercy, now you can look at other people and you go, you know what? I can give you what I received. So you guys, when your way is in conflict with God's way for others, there is a way, and it's mercy. And if you will receive the mercy of God, focus on the mercy of God. That's why we take communion on a regular basis, to remind us of the mercy of God. Then when there's those other people or those that person, instead of sliding into anger and depression and bitterness, you can have peace because you get mercy. All right? Now here's the second thing. And this is the more general one. If your issue isn't others. Things aren't going my way with God. They just aren't going my way with God. That was Jonah's issue. And his issue is control. I had no idea what a control freak I was till I started this church. I had no idea how much I want to see happen and I want to see it done my way. <laughs> and you know what? God's ways are not our ways. Remember that first message of the series. <laughs> so here we go. Jonah chapter four, verse five through nine. Jonah had gone out and he sat down at a place east of the city and there he made himself a shelter and he sat in its shade and he waited to see what would happen to the city. 
So even after God gave them mercy and totally they all repented, Jonah's still like, all right, well, now I'm going to go out on the hill and I'm going to watch. Maybe God will smite them anyway. So he's just sitting there hoping God changes his mind. And then in verse 6, then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and he made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. (laughs) Oh, yeah. God is so good. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. Don't you like how God provides for us? (laughs) Seriously, we're like, oh, thank you, God, for this many blessings. And then the next day, we're like, what? And God actually provided the worm. So again, apparently if it's provision, it's something for us. He's providing a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die. And he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Jonah, is it right? (laughs) Is it good for you to be angry about the plant? You bet it is, God! (laughs) I'm so angry that I wish I were dead. Now, why is old Jonah angry this time? It's because God has the freedom to be God. And I don't like it. I don't like the fact that God can put up a plant over my head and take it away the next day. I don't like the fact that God can ask me, God has the the goal to ask me to go to Nineveh. I don't like the fact that God has the freedom to be God. And so when I don't get my way, and when I don't get what I want, when I don't get what I believe is good for me, I blame God. And I want to tell you guys, all of us who are parents, again, this is every child with their parent. A, parent, a child gets so angry because this is what makes me happy. And we're like, sorry, you can't have it. You don't love me. And you know what? We're all the same. We grow up and we're like 54 and we're like, but God, this is what I need to make me happy. This thing here, this person, this job, this place, this amount of salary, this. And God doesn't maybe give it to you. And you're like, God, you don't give me what I want. You know, it's interesting So Jonah's response to God's mercy is Jonah actually says, it says, Jonah said, this seems very wrong. You guys, you know what Jonah's doing? This is crazy. Jonah is actually judging God. Jonah is deciding what is right instead of believing that God Almighty is right. The the creature is accusing the creator of sin. Literally. When you and I, and and by the way, and we're all like, Jonah, what's wrong with that guy? Come on, man. Everybody put the mirror in front of your face and just go. Every time that we get frustrated with God and we say, you're not right. This can't be good. What are you doing? You're judging God. See, and this is why God said to us, and way back in the garden, didn't say it to me, I wasn't there, but in the garden, when he said to them, guys, chow down, 
I have all this bounty for you. Enjoy. I love you so much. But this thing right here, don't eat, don't eat that tree. Why? Because what was the tree? It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know what that means? As soon as you eat that, you decide what is good and evil. And God was like, don't do that. And yet that's what every one of us does. God, this is my way. And God's going, but it's not my way. Well, then we say, then it's not the right way. And we end up judging God. Can I just give you a few illustrations? God wants nothing for us except relationships that last. That is his passion for us. That's all he wants. And so he says to us, right? So you guys, I've created this beautiful thing called sex, and sex is actually the spiritual superglue which our science now knows, right? Science knows that when you have a sexual experience with somebody, it actually binds you together. They call them the cuddle hormones. They know that it unites you to the other person. And so God is saying, so don't have any sexual relations outside of marriage because I created it to bind you to one person so that you will last in your marriage. And we're all like, that is just stupid. God, that's not right. Come on, look how well it's going here on the planet with our relationships. But seriously, when you tell God, no, you're saying, you're wrong, and I'm right. And then he says, and if you're in a relationship and it's not going well, then hold on. Forgive one another as I have forgiven you. Get stuff out into the light. Be merciful. Get counsel. Don't give up. I, you, you made a covenant that said, until death do you part. God, that's ridiculous because I'm miserable. Okay, hold on. Did, did, was that in the vows? I can't remember. Was that in the vows? As long as I'm happy, I'll stick with you until death do us part. No. And so we think, God, this can't be right. And he's going, you have no idea what I could do with this relationship if you would hum both of you would humble yourself before me and let you. God wants us to experience relationships that last. Even science and psychology says that's what humans need to be healthy is relationships that last. I already talked about the money thing, but it's the same thing. God, are you serious? 10%? You know what I can do with 10%? Yes, I do. <laughs> but here's the point. I care about your heart. I want you to be free, and I want to meet the needs of compassion around this world. But we go, that's ridiculous, God. That can't be right. We make the judgments of what's right. My way. And when it conflicts with God's way, we get angry at God. Like, this is ridiculous, God. And here's another one. God's the only person who knows why you're here. He thought of you. He loves you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. I have knit you together. Your inner being, the most inside part of who you are, your personality, your gifts, your passions, your abilities, all of that. He goes, I created them, and I know why. And we go, but those, come on, God. There's no way that you, you know better than me. I'm the one who can figure out what to do with my life. And Jesus says, okay, so if you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it for me, you'd find it. Hmm, I don't think so, God. That's not right. What's right is me doing what I want to do. So you guys see how this works? 
So our way gets in conflict with God's way. And God is just saying, oh. And so Jonah with the plant, right? He just says, this makes me so happy. Thank you, God. And as soon as it's gone, I am so angry that I wish I were dead. So again, Jonah says, is it right for you? Is it good for you to be angry about the plant? Okay? What is it? It's not good, you guys. It's no, it's not. See, when we say, I need that. God, I need you to do this. I need this job. I need this girlfriend. I need this thing. God, I need you to do this for me. And God, if you do this for me, then I'll serve you. But without this, I have no desire to go on or to follow you. That's what Jonah was saying. God, if you don't do what I want, I'm not going with you. There is something, and here's here's the issue. For Jonah, there was something that actually had replaced God as the main source of joy and purpose and fulfillment of his life. And I I just want to tell you, my job, I love it. Um, I get to be a part of some of the coolest things in people's lives. And, I, and, I, and, and then in this job, you get to be a part of the hardest things in people's lives. I'm just going to tell you, personally, though, for me, one of the hardest things to see is when something doesn't go the way that somebody wants it to go, and they abandon God. And, and some of you have done that in this room. That was Jonah. Jonah, you're not God. You're not doing it my way. So I want nothing to do with you. And I want to tell you, it's so crazy. It's like we're telling the one who is the meaning of life. Jonah was saying, God, you, the meaning of life, if you don't do it my way, I have no meaning. God is actually just a means to an end. So is it good for you to need this plant, to need this job, to need this certain amount of money, to need this girlfriend or this boyfriend? Is it, is, is it good for you to need those things? And the answer is no, because it creates insecurity and fear. And the basis of your happiness can be threatened and it can be lost at any moment. And then, you know what happens? It overwhelms you with anger towards God, which leads to despair and depression and abandonment of God. And that's the story of Jonah. So let me close with this. Oh, by the way, so there is a way. When your way is in conflict with God's way, there is a way. It's hard, but there is a way. You know what it is? It's surrender. It's finally going with him. Instead of fighting him, you say, okay, I'll go. I'll do it. And I want to tell you, for 32 years, and it's still going for me. It never ends. But when I surrender, I find my life. And there is a spiritual battle to keep us from ever saying yes to God. And some of you right now, you're saying no to God, and it's a battle for your soul. And you're not alive. And you're not free. And and you're a Christian. Just like Jonah was a prophet. And he was angry and in despair. And I'm just telling you, we don't have to be that way. So let me close real quick with this, because what happens is God actually reveals Jonah's real issue, and the real issue was God was just saying, hey, Jonah, your heart's just not like my heart. In 4.10, he says, the Lord said, you've been concerned about this plant, 
Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who can't tell their right hand from their left? See, what's he, he, he's saying, Jonah, you're concerned about this plant. And that word concern is a deep compassion. It's something you would actually weep over. It was something that would actually break your heart. And he was saying, Jonah, you're weeping over this plant. I weep over 120,000 people. What concerns you is your stuff. What concerns you is what makes you happy. And it comes and you're happy and it's gone and you're not. He goes, you need a new heart. Your heart's not like mine. It's all about you. And you're thinking about yourself and that is death. Let me give you a new heart. And I love this passage in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. It says this. God says, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you your heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And move you to follow my decrees. And be careful to keep all my laws. You guys, so let's, let me just ask you, let me just ask you a couple questions as we close. How's your heart today? How's your heart with God today? Some of you need mercy for another person. You're angry and you're depressed and you're bitter because your way isn't happening with another person and for some of you, God wants to give you his heart. I will give you a new heart. I'll put my spirit in you. And what's God's heart? He even loves the Ninevites who are destroying his people. Are you kidding me? It is a love beyond us. God loves whoever you're struggling with. And some of you today need to ask God, God, will you give me mercy? Would you remind me of the mercy you gave me so I can give it to this other person? I need to be free, okay? Now, the other side, some of you though, it's not that issue, but some of you, you have been fighting God. You are a Jonah. You're, you're a prophet, you're, you're a Christian, but you won't do what he's asking you to do. You think his ways are wrong. And today, I believe that God, if his spirit has been speaking to you at all, today is your day to stand up and say, you know what, God? I surrender. I'm done fighting you. I'm done being angry at you. I'm done judging you. I believe that you're right, and I haven't been right. And I'm going to take a step of faith to be in you. You guys, Galatians 5, last verse says, those who belong to Christ Jesus, okay? So let me just talk to all you Christians again in here. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God loves you. He is slow to anger. He is compassionate and gracious. 
He loved Jonah way too much to let him die, but he also loved Jonah way too much to let him stay the way he was. And I want to tell you right now, he loves you way too much to let you stay the way you are. So here's what we're going to do. The band is going to come up. We have a final song that we're going to play. And it's a song all about the whole book of Jonah. It's an incredible find by our team. But here's what I want to ask you. We want to actually pray for you specifically today. Now listen, um, I don't want to do general prayers. I'm going to be really specific. I don't want to do general prayers. I want to do two prayers for you. If you are sitting here today and you're going, I am bitter and angry and I'm depressed because I'm still, I don't have mercy for another person or for that group of people. If you need God's mercy, we want to pray for you today, okay? And then secondly, if you know that God is asking you to do something and you've been saying no, and today you're going to stop fighting him and you're going to surrender and you're going to do the thing he's asking you to do, then we want to pray for you, okay? So I'm going to ask you boldly right now, if you need mercy so you can give someone mercy, and if you need power through the Holy Spirit of God to say yes to him, then I'm going to just ask you to stand real quick, if that's you. If you need mercy today, and if you know right now you're actually going to say yes to God because he's asking you to do something. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. Um, Rachel and Derek are going to be right over here, and Susie and I are going to be right over here. And while they play this song, all of you soak in the words of this beautiful commitment that, God, I'm with you. I'm not going to fight you anymore. And those of you who stood, just come and join us, okay? And we are literally going to make sure that you get prayed for to receive the mercy or the power that you need to get back free with God, all right? So, all of you guys who stood, and that's a lot of you. If there's any other staff or stuff in here, no, this is awesome. Like, come and join us, um, SOB members, whoever. Come and join us, and let's pray for, for every person here to receive what they need from God, okay? All right. And then after this song, then we have one worship song that all of us will stand and just sing. All right? Let's do this together.